Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's June 8th, and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. In recent weeks, numerous construction companies and developers have folded amid the pressures plaguing the industry. Bay of Plenty's Oceanside Homes, two South Auckland developers, and Wellington's Armstrong Downs Commercial have all gone under. So is this the canary in the coal mine for the rest of the economy? And why are businesses in the booming construction industry struggling to make ends meet? Today, I'm joined by NZ Herald property editor Ann Gibson for a look inside the storm brewing in the construction industry. And you've written a series of stories recently about construction firms falling over. How is this happening at a time when the industry is meant to be booming? It's almost like a perfect storm. One developer told me once that the most dangerous time for the construction sector is actually during a boom because the prices are rising and contracts are coming under pressure. It's harder to get the money. The labour is short. You can't get materials. The pressure is really on. And at the moment, the New Zealand construction sector has never been busier. There have been consensus for around about 50,000 houses annually. And we've never already built that many before. It's phenomenal. If you look at this perfect storm that's coming, what are the factors that are contributing to the ferocity of it? Yeah, the perfect storm's been driven by about six separate factors. So I'd say the extremely high volume of construction, residentially and commercially at the moment, inflation, uh, the shortage of materials, the shortage of labour, Trouble getting access to finance, but also the rising cost of finance with OCR rising and the pandemic with borders shut and lockdowns, you know, 107 days in Auckland last year when very little work, if any, could take place on construction sites. So those are the six factors really driving this perfect storm. When looking at your recent reporting, you've written about a development in Ormiston, Auckland, that's gone into receivership. What does receivership mean for a housing development like this, particularly as buyers are desperate for a home in this tight market? What it unfortunately means is real uncertainty and concern for the buyers. Now, whether that is played out, we don't yet know because the receivers say, look, you know, your deposits are in a separate account and are safe. And those receivers will do everything they can to bring the deals to fruition, so to deliver the houses. But it is concerning because there's more than 26 homes involved and it's at four separate projects in Flatbush, which is Manukau City. This problem isn't limited to Auckland. You've also written about construction firms falling over in Wellington in the Bay of Plenty region. Do you see this as a nationwide issue at the moment? Yes, that's the really concerning thing. And chiefs at the bigger building firms are sort of saying to me, you know, they're really worried. The pressure that they see going on people and attempts to finish jobs, it's really concerning. Armstrong Downs, who are our main contractor on the Paddington development, have just gone into liquidation. Security guards lining the site, preventing subcontractors from finishing all 150 homes, 42 of which are only days away from completion. Can't get on site, um, they're owed a lot of money. Now, the firms involved aren't necessarily the biggest in town. So is this only affecting smaller firms? Or do you think that the alarm bells are starting to ring for those bigger firms? Are we having a little bit of a flashback to the Fletcher's crisis in 2018? 
Well, Andrew Bailey, he's the National Party's construction spokesperson, building and construction, and he says that more than 100 building businesses have gone into liquidation this year alone. So I've reported on Tauranga's Oceanside home, but before then, we had that big Wellington builder, Armstrong Downs, and that was doing around about $80 million worth of work, which was big apartments in the centre of town, as well as the revamp of the Frank Kitts Park on the waterfront for the council. So it's a big variety. And the one that I'm reporting on at the moment is a house builder in Flatbush. So from big time construction to the more residential, it's quite widespread. You've already touched on this, but we've seen a record number of consents in recent years. Are we now at risk of seeing some of those consents not coming to fruition? Will we see some cancellations happening in terms of building plans? Yes, when we see the liquidations on these projects, what it really means is that construction can stop for a period of time. The sites get fenced off while stock is taken of what's going on. Hopefully it's finished by another builder, but the real trouble is the fallout here for the unsecured creditors. And these are often the tradespeople, you know, the electricians, the plumbers, the plasterers, the painters, the builders. And that's the really concerning thing is the flow on to other parts of the building sector. And one thing we're hearing about at the moment is the massive jib shortage. Workers simply can't get enough jib at the moment to complete jobs. We're also hearing stories of people stockpiling jibs and selling it at a huge profit. So why aren't our workers able to get their hands on jib at the moment? pure supply-demand equation going on there. So Winston Warboards, which is owned by Fletcher, sells 90% of all our jib. And they're actually going 24 hours a day, seven days a week in Penrose and in Christchurch making the stuff. But it's just the sheer demand outstripping the supply. So what Fletcher Building is doing is three things to attempt to resolve the shortage. And they're certainly concentrated on that at the moment. And those are firstly increasing production at those plants. Um, The second thing is limiting sales and supplies. So for example, you can only get deliveries to site when you're ready to put it up. You can't stockpile. And the third one is a massive project. The biggest one that Fletchers have on at the moment is $400 million factory that they're building, a new Winston Warboards factory at Tariko in the Tauranga area. And that's opening soon. So they're really sort of hell for lever to try and redress this issue. We also see some supply chain problems continuing to cause massive delays in terms of timber. So how much of an impact is this having on the construction industry at the same time that we have the jib problem? The problem in the construction sector at the moment is that inflation is running really high, you know, up to 30% in some products. And we've got just this issue of getting things made locally, but also the trouble of getting it in from overseas. So much of what we use is imported. So we really have got what I referred to earlier on as that perfect storm. The day I got the liquidation news on that is 11th of May, I just burst into tears. I, I don't know like how to react when I got that news. It took some time to digest what liquidation is. Then one of the tradie on site, he told me like, yeah, the, the construction company, they don't have any money to run the company anymore. And basically you are doomed. So I'm hearing some stories from local builders at the moment saying that when they give a quotation, those quotations expire a lot faster now because the price of the products that they're trying to bring in is rising so rapidly. Do you see that issue continuing in the near future? 
Well, that's a real issue with the fixed price contracts where they've quoted on something expecting one price and it turns out to be another. I find it really worrying, you know, when we get big lists from firms like placemakers of product price rises and they really are quite eye-watering. You just wonder, how on the earth could you price something if you suddenly get a price change of, say, 30%? It's very concerning. And construction workers have always relied heavily on an immigrant workforce to get a lot of jobs done. Do the current immigration settings make life a little bit more difficult? Well, that's interesting. It's sort of both ways. Like with borders reopening means that we can get migrants in to some extent, but our workers can leave too. And we ran a series in the Herald just recently called um, Exodus, and that was looking at exactly this issue. So people talk about the building sector as being short of people. So I thought, well, how many? And it seemed the most accurate figure came from Wahanga Ara Rural, which was a construction and infrastructure workforce development council. And we're potentially short of 250,000 workers in the construction sector. So construction is one of our biggest employers throughout the economy. We really do rely very heavily on a migrant workforce, particularly, you know, big jobs like the City Rail Link, where, you know, there's so many people in there from France and elsewhere, but also in the finishing work on construction sites. So that's why the shortage of labour is one of the many issues that the sector is facing. One thing that we've seen recently, too, is a re-emergence of the debate about market dominance in the construction centre. You've run a number of articles quoting figures that just show the staggering extent of this. 94% of the jib market is controlled by the jib board. 89% of the glass wool supply is controlled by three firms. And just two companies control 85% of the concrete industry. So is this concentration of market power adding to the issues in the construction industry at the moment? Well, it's certainly been blamed for it. And, you know, the government in November asked the Commerce Commission to look into this. And if you look at Fletcher's dominance, for example, um, one of the analysts, Grant Swanepoel, looked at that recently. And that's right, 94% share of jib board for windstone wall boards, 55% of the cement market by Fletcher's, glass wall insulation like that's 40 to 50%. And Placemakers has about a quarter of all the merchant market in terms of small to medium-sized buildings. So we've got a real concentration between Fletcher's and Carter's of supply. And that is one of the many reasons for this sort of perfect storm that's coming together at the moment. The next industry that is actually currently being looked at for a market study is the building supply study. And it's easy to see that drop from site with the focus on the grocery sector right now. But actually, come July, we'll have a draft report for that, which I think will be very interesting to see because there's at least prima facie evidence of a lack of diversity within those markets. There's some fairly concentrated sectors, so important to dig in there. Historically, we've seen big companies like Fletcher being criticised for squeezing smaller competitors out of the market by offering lowball rates for contracts. What do you think will happen off the back of the Commerce Commission investigation into competition in the building sector? Do you think we'll see some changes in the coming years? Fletchers and Carters put in their submissions to the Commerce Commission around about March and they basically said, look, nothing to see here. And Ross Taylor from Fletcher Buildings said, you shouldn't be considering the price of goods for building a house because that was only 19%. He said aspects like land and getting consent and taxes were big factors. And Carter Holt said there were numerous other competitors in the sector. 
Do I think there could be some changes? Well, no, I can't really predict the future, but it'll probably be a little bit like the supermarket inquiry where there are conclusions reached and then it really is a political decision about whether the government decides what should we step in here, how do we step in and how far do we move here. I suppose it is a tight balancing act because you don't want to push too hard and dissuade construction. At the same time, you don't want the construction industry to go in the same direction it has been going in. So it is quite a tough balancing act. Exactly. That's precisely where the sort of knife-edge balance comes in. And that's a good point that you're asking about the duopoly position that we have, a bit like the supermarket. But also, from that point of view, those strong positions are historic positions, so they can't be unwound. If Fletcher's or Carter's applied to buy food, the businesses now that would enhance their market positions in certain categories, the Commerce Commission would certainly look at whether or not to allow that. They tend to be the canary in the coal mine. They're the first companies that go bump as the uh, the economy slows down. They're also the first companies to explode when the, co- the economy picks up. There's no easy solution. Do you think that homeowners who have work being done on their homes at the moment should be a little bit concerned about this trend of smaller firms falling over, given that so much of the residential work is done by those smaller firms? Yes, I mean, um, let's hope that most contracts are going relatively smoothly and although there might be some sort of stop-start to it due to the material suppliers, I think we have to bear in mind that the media, we do tend to write about things that are unexpected. We all expect building contracts to go well and when they don't, that's news. So we've got to keep some perspective on this as well. And just looking more broadly at the economy at the moment, do you think that the current struggles in the construction industry could serve as a warning to other sectors? Is this the canary telling us of the economic pain to come? Quite often, construction unfortunately shows stress ahead of other sectors because of those combination of pressures that we've just been talking about, like the rising inflation and, and actually financing can be a big problem, but labour and materials and contracts. So let's hope this isn't a bellwether. Cheers for joining us today, Anne. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Front Page with me, Damien Venuto. You can read more about this and other stories in the New Zealand Herald, online at nzherald.co.nz or news bulletins across the NZME network. With thanks to our producers and editors today, Sean D. Wilson and Patty Fox and executive producer Ethan Sills. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.